everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. Each one of you is running around, whether it's a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, each one of you is running around with a deadly weapon. Perhaps you've even used it today. I bet you have used it today. Maybe on your spouse or your children or your parents, your roommate, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your strangers, and you say, I think I tuned into the wrong podcast. I don't carry around a deadly weapon. Well, the Bible says a very striking comment in Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to be a a superhero. I read comic books growing up, and I thought, wouldn't it be neat to have super speed or teleportation or uh, be able to move things with my mind, sense danger before it comes? And of course, all of those were childhood fancies, but the Bible told me that I indeed do have a power, and that is the power of the tongue, because with it, I can bring death or I can bring life. And speaking of superheroes, it reminds me of Uncle Ben, who was Spider-Man's uncle that said, with great power comes great responsibility, and you and I have great power. And so Solomon wrote this proverb, inspired by the Holy Spirit, these words uh, written by the wisest man, natural man. Uh, And after a life of writing and research and speaking and leading, Solomon, of course, was a king of Israel, and he said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words will either bring death or life, not just to those you speak to, but also to you, because it says that you will eat the fruit thereof. Just like if you grow a plant and your intention is to eat the fruit of that plant, whatever you planted, whether it was apples, whether it was oranges, whether it was a berry bush, you're going to eat whatever it is that you have planted. And the same thing is coming back to you and I. Death. What do you mean death is in the power of the tongue? When when we lie, when we intentionally deceive people, when we use guile, guile is a half-truth. It's telling the part of the truth that makes us look good, but withholding the part of the truth that makes us look bad. When we use froward or perverse speech, right? Gossip, tail-bearing, tearing down somebody else, even just foolish and idle speech. These are examples because they're wounding. They're, they're words that start fights. It also says, though, that life is in the power of the tongue. This is where we say wise things, where we say truthful things to people. They're spoken at the right time. They're edifying words. That word edifying is at the heart of this message because we build people up with our words. We can either tear them down, speaking death to people, or we can build them up speaking words of edification. Be kind, sweet, soft speech. This is life is in the power of the tongue. Even silence at times, that golden silence, is the right answer to keep the tongue stilled. You know, there's a universal law in the Bible, whether you're a believer or not, this applies to you, just like the law of gravity applies to you. There is a universal law in the scriptures referred to as the law of sowing and reaping from Galatians chapter 6, In verse number seven, it says, Be not deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I alluded to this earlier, but whatever you you put into the ground when you're planting a seed, that's what's going to come up. You should not be surprised if you plant corn and corn comes up. You should not be surprised if you plant uh, a rosemary bush and rosemary comes up, right? Because what we sow, we will also reap. That's what we're going to harvest. And when you put a single kernel of seed corn into the ground, do you just get one kernel back? No, you don't. You get actually much more back than one kernel if everything works out as it's supposed to. You should probably get several ears of corn off of that stock. So we find that whatever we sow, we will reap, and we're going to reap more than just what we sow. This is a wonderful truth as well as a scary truth. It's scary because if you and I sow death with our words, if we're always tearing people down, if we're always backbiting, gossiping, uh, talking about people behind their back, if we're always complaining about the teachers and the administrators and the coaches in our children's lives, when we do those things, we are tearing people down. And once we've torn them down, we too are going to reap the same thing because that is what we've planted. You say, I don't think that's true. The Bible says it's a universal law. So that makes me think twice about how I'm going to speak to my wife. That makes me think again about how I should speak to my children, about how I should speak to any of those that I encounter around me, whether at work or whether you're a young person at school or whether you find yourself... um, Even at play, our words can be so harmful. When I was growing up, we had the adage, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think an entire generation can attest to the fact that that is not true. Words can cut. Words can cut. And they can go deep into a person. And they can stay with them for the rest of their lives. You can be forgiven for the words that you say that are harmful, but you cannot take them back. And some people can never forget them. But the good news that I said about this law of sowing and reaping is it's also true when we use our words to build people up. When you and I decide that we're going to say something kind to someone, something encouraging to someone, not just manipulative, empty flattery, but when we genuinely compliment someone, when we let them know how precious they are to us, when we speak to them and we say, I am thankful for you, when we try and catch them, not doing wrong, but catch them doing right. These are examples of speaking life. I want you to know that when you genuinely praise people, you're going to get more of whatever behavior that was. So if that is a parent-child relationship and you find your child doing something praiseworthy, it's so easy to let that go, not say anything, but when they mess up, to jump in and tear them down. You will accomplish much more by taking those moments when the child has done something right and praising them for it because you're going to see more of it. And then the law of sowing and reaping for when you and I speak life is that we in turn will reap life, will reap the fruit of it. So if we are pouring good, edifying, kind, tender words into people, encouraging words into people, if you and I are doing that, then we're going to receive the same thing back. Let me read for you in Proverbs 25 and verse number 15. It says, By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Sounds like an unusual proverb, but here it's saying our words are powerful, 
and they're especially powerful over time. You may say something, you may decide in your life, I'm going to speak life this week. I'm going to speak life instead of death, instead of being always critical, always complaining, always nagging, uh, always shaming people for what they've done wrong. Instead of doing that, I'm going to choose to use my words to speak life. And at first, you may be expecting an immediate turnaround, and the people in your life are suddenly going to all love you and respond, and you're just going to be overwhelmed with encouragement yourself. Unfortunately, not everybody responds right away. But it says even a prince, a prince is a ruler, someone who has authority, someone who has power, someone who's used to being listened to, someone who is not going to be commanded to do anything that they don't want to do. It says by long forbearing, that means by a long stretch of time, the prince will finally be persuaded. Even the most stubborn powerful will fall to the power of the tongue when we use it to speak life. And it says a soft tongue breaketh the bone. In a, in a fight, breaking a bone is, is one of the most traumatic things that can happen, and it seems like it must be done by a, a hard blow in order to win that kind of battle. But here it says that a soft tongue eventually can accomplish great feats without the tearing down of the people you're speaking to. Your tongue is powerful. Your words matter. And I tell you now, we have more and more avenues of using our words. Think about social media. Before, it used to just be those that you talked to. And then, of course, as society advanced, then we had phone conversations, and then we had uh, video conversations, and now we have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. And there's so many opportunities for us to say the right thing, but there's many opportunities for us to say the wrong thing. How many of you have ever scrolled through your uh, feed on whatever your social media platform of choice is, and you were just so disgusted afterwards, you were so torn down afterwards by everyone's hurtful comments, maybe they weren't even directed towards you, but just the contention, the spirit of unkindness in their words, and they throw them out there without any thought of what they might do. I saw an interesting video the other day about two dogs barking at each other through a fence that you couldn't see through, and the dogs were barking viciously at each other, because they couldn't see one another. It was funny because in the video, then they pulled that closed fence back and they could finally see one another. And once they could see each other face to face, their behavior changed. They stopped making eye talk contact with one another. They weren't barking at each other like they were before. Now they were cowed in their behavior because they had to look the person in the face, or in this case, the dog in the face, and realize that there are going to be consequences for how they bark at one another. That's exactly social media. People will respond so viciously to one another because they're not face-to-face, because they feel that there's some degree of anonymity when they use their keyboard and screen or when they use their handheld device. I want you to know that those words still cut deep. Our young people with Snapchat, I can tell you that there have been whole relationships built and destroyed via that platform where they communicate with one another, and it means a lot. And you and I from previous generations can look at that and say that that's silly, but I want you to know, even though the tongue itself perhaps is not moving, the words are moving. And the words indeed still have power to bring death or to bring life. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to do with this power that God has given to you? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has called you to speak life. When I say a believer in Jesus, I mean that there was a time when you, by faith, asked the Lord to forgive your sins and be your Savior, 
believing that the Lord raised Jesus Christ from the dead after he died for our sins. If that's you, you are called on to speak life into your relationships and to stop yourself from speaking death. This might look like saying something genuine and intentionally edifying, meaning edifying, remember, edifying means to build someone up to your spouse every day and to stop yourself when you would say that unkind word from tearing them down. It might look like choosing a coworker that really your interactions have only been ugly and previously you've only spoken death to them or maybe you've done it behind their back. But you're going to purpose in your heart this week to speak life to him, to speak life to her, to say something encouraging. You may say, well, that person's only ever been nasty to me and that's all they deserve back. This isn't necessarily about what people deserve. This is about what you're going to do with the power of your tongue. When you and I stand before the Lord, we are going to give an account as God's people as to what we did with the things that were put in our hands. And that includes the words that we spoke. And there's going to be a lot of rewards lost out on because of the words that you and I spoke. But there could be many more rewards that we would gain if we chose to speak life. Maybe you're going to pick out a friend, someone you've had conflict with. Maybe you're not even speaking to each other. And you're going to choose to speak life, not death, into their lives on a daily basis. Tonight, before you go to bed, use the power of the tongue to build someone up. Do that. Make that a habit every day. I once met a man who came and did some leadership training at a church where I was serving down in Tennessee. And the gentleman wasn't a pastor, but he was a very successful businessman. And he had five poker chips in his pocket, his left pocket at the beginning of the day. And he didn't play poker, but what he used them for were reminders. And he would intentionally try and catch one of his employees or one of his family members or one of his friends doing something good each day and compliment them for it to genuinely, sincerely build them up. And when he did that, he would move one poker chip from his left pocket to his right. And when he did it a second time, he'd move another one. And his goal was to get each and every one of those from one pocket to the other throughout the day. He was intentionally choosing to speak life. What's going to happen to your relationships if you and I don't get a hold of this? What's my marriage going to look like if I continue to speak death into it or if you continue to speak death into your marriage? Perhaps you're not married. Maybe you're dating somebody. Maybe you're engaged to somebody. What do you want your relationship to look like years down the road? What do you think it will look like? If all you've done is to speak death and condemnation and criticism into it. Think about all the stress and conflict that you and I could avoid by speaking life instead of speaking death. The verse goes that the power of death and life are in the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death first and then life. Why do you think that is? One preacher told me he thought it was because we are so quick to use the power of death and so hesitant to use the power of life. We're quick to use the power of death and slow to build people up. But if we did choose to build people up, what would things look like, young person, at your school? What would your relationships be like with your friends at school? What about at work? If you intentionally were going around trying to find ways to build people up, you could change the entire atmosphere of your workplace. What would our friendships be like when we stopped speaking death out of jealousy and insecurity to one another, and we stopped the gossip behind people's backs. And it's a hard transition. I admit it. It's a hard transition. When I became a Christian, I became convicted about how I use my words. 
And normally I was just using profanity. And God spoke to me about that through his word, through preachers, that that ought not be how a Christian speaks. But even more important than just the profanity that I now do not use anymore, it's how I choose to speak to people. Because you can tear people down without ever using an inappropriate word. It's a hard transition because death is easier to speak than life. Your flesh, that traitor that lives inside of you that's always pulling you to do wrong, and the, our enemy, they want us to speak death. But if you and I will speak life into others, we will find that the sentiment is returned. The enemy says, no, it's just a waste of your time. Don't bother doing it. Don't be kind. Give them what they deserve. But I want you to know that is a lie. God calls us to be thermostats and not thermometers. You know what the difference is? Kind of a silly comparison, thermostat versus thermometer. Of course we know what the difference is. A thermostat sets the temperature and a thermometer tells the temperature. When you set the temperature for the environment around you, you are the thermostat. You are changing things. And your words can do that this week. In your home, in your workplace, in your classroom, in each and every one of your relationships. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But be careful, because you and I are going to eat what we speak. We are going to reap what we sow. I hope that this look into God's word has been an encouragement for you today, and I hope that instead of just hearing this, that you will be a doer of this. And I make that challenge to myself. I need to be speaking life each and every day into each one of my relationships. What a great power is given to you and me. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org slash live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening, and may God bless you.